Hi, and welcome to Wisdom's Echo, a daily podcast. I am your host, Teresa Bowen, and I'm going to be sharing some insights on the Maseroth from the book Maseroth by Francis Rolston. We left off last time um, on the constellation Aries that is beginning in the month of Nisan that represents the sacrificial lamb slain. And Aries is connected with the tribe of Gad. Um, Let's see if I can find that in here. A troop shall pierce him. He shall be pierced in the heel. He provided the first part of himself, Aries Gad, the sacrificial lamb. All right, and let's continue on our study here about the true meanings of um, the constellations, or as um, Babylon calls them, zodiac. We don't call it that. We're not into astrology. We're into the ancient astronomy that Yahweh brought forth for us. So, the 12 signs as connected with primitive prophecies. The antiquity and wide diffusion of these emblems and the mystic veneration in which they were ever held are traced in the accompanying pages. It is also known that the notion of the signs having any reference to the seasons is of comparatively late origin and could not at any time have been sustained consistently with the times and climates of their well-known previous existence. In other words, they came in the beginning to tell the story of creation of mankind, of redemption of mankind, and the blessing of mankind. It wasn't until um, after the fall that they were associated with seasons or time because in the beginning, there was no time. Time came into existence in the fall, and when the earth came into this lower bandwidth, then we were put into this thing called time. And when we live above these sun, moon, and stars, above these constellations, we live above the entrapment of time. In fact, we are redeeming time at that point. So it was not till the diffusion of the light of Christianity had cast into shade these dim foreshowings of its great events that the vague awe with which these emblems were formerly regarded gave place to indifference and neglect or was only preserved in the reveries of astrology. Again, we gave over all the goods to the world and then we ran scared calling everything evil. Instead of understanding that the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness and he's given it to us and we're the ones that are to own it all and use every resource God, Yahweh, has created for the betterment of mankind. This reverence, in some cases, leading to idolatry, indicated a tradition that their message was divine. They each represented an action still to be traced in the fables connected with them, or what is their original design, their function. A type of which the true antitype 
is to be found in the great subject of the ancient prophecies contained in Hebrew scriptures. The primitive year began in the sign Virgo, the stars of which were seen most strikingly in the evening sky when the sun was in Aries. The splendid star, still by us called Spica, the ear of corn, in the woman's hand, marking the leading idea, the promised seed. Thus was represented the subject of the first promises, the foundation of the hopes of fallen man. In the next sign, Libra, we have his work, which was to uh, buy, to be bought, to redeem, figured in the balance, weighing the price against the purchase. Then in Scorpio follows the indication of what that price was to be, the conflict in which the seed of the woman receives the wound in his heel while his other foot is on the head of the enemy, here figured by the scorpion, a venomous reptile who can sting even while his head is bruised. Next, we find the archer with his arrow in the act of going out from the bow, expressing that the promised deliverer should be sent forth. <clears throat> then Capricornus, the goat, the victim or sacrifice, sinking down as wounded, showing that the promised deliverer must be slain as a sacrifice. In Aquarius, we see the rising up and pouring forth of water as to cleanse and fertilize, showing that the sacrifice was to bring purification and benediction by means of the risen Messiah. In Pisces, two fishes are bound together by a band, which is continued to and held by the four feet of Aries, figuring the leading idea of union. The fishes, a well-known emblem of the church among the early Christians, represent the redeemed and purified multitudes of the church or sons of God before and after the first coming in union with each other and with their redeemer. Wow, in union. Does that sound almost impossible on the planet today, right? <clears throat> but that is God's promise. That's his promise to us. The subsequent sign, the lamb or ram or of sacrifice, here not dying, but as it had been slain, is now reigning triumphant with one foot on the head of the enemy, bound also by a band which that foot holds. We then see Taurus the bull, showing forth the dominion of him who had been a sacrifice for sin, now reigning over all. In Gemini, the twins, whether human or of the sacrificial goat or sheep, the leading idea of combining, entwining, is equally conveyed, expressing the union of the divine and human nature in the promised seed. Cancer, the crab or beetle, holding fast its prey or its nest, well conveys the image of tenacious possession by him who has assured us as to his purchased flock, that no man can pluck them out of his hand. Hallelujah. 
Leo, the majestic lion, rending the prey, represents irresistible strength and final separation between good and evil. His foot is over the head of the prostrate serpent, closing the series, as we are told by the apostle, that the dispensation must be closed, for he shall reign till his has put all things under his feet. Woo! Here then we have represented in action 12 leading ideas, 12 principal truths of divine revelation. One, the seed of the woman shall come. <clears throat> Two, there shall be a price paid by him for a purchased possession. Three, the price shall be a conflict with the serpent foe and a wound in the, a wound in the conqueror's heel. Four, he shall, send, sent, he shall be sent forth swiftly, surely as an arrow from a bow. Five, he shall be slain as a sacrifice. Six, he shall rise again and pour out blessings on his people. Seven, his people shall be multitudes and held in union with each other and himself. Eight, he who was slain, whose heel was bruised, shall rule and shall tread his enemy underfoot. Nine, he shall come in power, triumphant, and have dominion. Ten, he shall be the son of God and the son of man, the victim and the ruler. Eleven, he shall hold fast his purchased possession, the reward of his work. Twelve, he shall finally put all enemies under his feet, coming with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all, separating the evil from the good. Woo! Hallelujah! <clears throat> These leading ideas are to be traced to yet extent names of the signs as preserved in the Hebrew and uh, Arabic appellations. Eight of these agree. Of the other four, two are in Arabic, different names of the same object. The other two contain the leading idea here attributed to the sign. Whew. From ancient authorities, we find that in the Aramean and Coptic, Coptic or early Egyptian names, the same ideas are presented. They are also found in the Sanskrit. Two of the Syriac names um, from Ulu Bey differ from the Hebrew as being other names of the same thing where the Hebrew and Arabic agree. There can be little doubt, but that they preserve the name originally given as where the words differ, they still express the same idea. It seems that the emblems were invented and universally known to the children of Noah before the dispersion from Babel. That is amazing. The ancient rabbins said that the astronomy of the Jews was in the Babylonian captivity corrupted by the astrology of the Chaldeans. But as the Chaldean dialect differs so little from the Hebrew, the names would not be materially altered. Slight Chaldee changes may be traced in one or two of the names of the stars, but in the names of the 12 signs, they do not occur even where the interchangeable letters are found. These existence of primitive roots in Arabic words common to the Hebrew and other Semitic dialects 
However, the usage of these words may have been varied and extended, is evident to Hebraist, though sometimes disputed by the scholars whose Oriental acquirements have not included the Hebrew. Such may be compared to the traveler in the desert who delighted with the fruit and shade of the palm tree, thinks not of the source of strength and nourishment below the deep and steadfast root hidden in the sand that has gathered around in the lapse of ages. The root is obvious in these antique appellations of visible objects as in the proper names of persons and places contained in the scriptures, and though less obviously may be traced even in those of other nations. So the importance of the Hebrew roots of these um, constellations, um, these are the Hebrew roots, the reason you need to know them, these are the seats of the house of that constellation. So when we have the tribes, we have Aquarius is the tribe of Reuben. You need to know what that root is because that's the seat in the house of Reuben. Pisces, Simeon, and Levi, you need to know the seat of that root, that Hebraic root, because that's the seat of the house of Simeon and Levi. Leo, Judah, Yehuda, the root of that would be the seat in the house of Yehuda. Virgo, Zebulon, Cancer, Issachar, Scorpio, Dan, Aries, Gad, Sagittarius, Asher, Capricornus, Naphtali, Taurus, Yosef, or Ephraim, and Gemini, Benjamin. And so that's just a start. And um, we'll continue on into this series. So look for more of this. And um, I trust that this has been a blessing to you. Shalom.